there and thanks for joining me for this latest edition of the digging in podcast uh, eric urbane from mystic 811 with you once again and i appreciate you tuning in after several weeks off here so we're in autumn now and much of the traditional digging season is behind us that doesn't mean of course that everything is wrapped up you personally maybe eyeballs deep in work and any of us driving around the state are still seeing what must seem like orange barrels on the roadway or more of them than ever before. Uh, but we're not here to talk about how it's almost impossible for me to get from my house to anywhere, though. Actually, today we're going to do something a little bit special and take this show international. For, for most of the listeners out there, you're familiar with the 811 and the damage prevention process in Michigan here. After all, we are the oldest statewide utility notification center in the U.S. You probably also know that across the country, the 811 process works relatively the same. Now, there are naturally going to be some minor differences from state to state, but, you know, it all works in a similar manner. Uh, that doesn't mean it works like that everywhere, though. In some parts of the world, there may be dramatic differences, where in others we may see some similarity, uh, some similarities. But in order to start this look into the ways things are done outside of the old U.S. of A., uh, we have to begin somewhere. And I could think of no better place than with our neighbors to the north, yes, uh, Canada. Now, to a lot of Michiganders, Canada consists of Ontario and perhaps some mystical faraway place that you hear and see when you're staying up late to catch a Red Wings game. But in reality, it's a wonderful country that gets a lot right. So joining me today to talk about how utility damage prevention happens, at least in one province, is a very special guest. Coming to us from beautiful Alberta, Canada, is the president of Utility Safety Partners, Mr. Mike Sullivan. Mike, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me. It's my pleasure, Eric. Very glad to be here. I appreciate you making the time. Uh, so, utility safety partners. Uh, right off the bat, that sounds a, a little different, maybe than many of us down here are accustomed to hearing. You know, many centers in the states are the state's name followed by eight one one, or in our case, Miss Dig eight one one. Eight one one is notably absent from the name up there, but there's a reason for that, isn't there? Yeah, we we tried. I tried. Uh, when I was working with the Canadian Common Ground Alliance to bring 811 into Canada. This is going back to about 2010. And, um, you know, the major transmission pipelines like TC Energy, Enbridge Alliance Pipeline, and, and others that deliver product into the U.S., um, they were, were, they really wanted to see 811 come to Canada because, I mean, just imagine a North American juggernaut of, of awareness and education across two two countries uh, promoting 811. It, it really wanted, everybody really wanted that at the time. Mm -hmm. And I suddenly somehow found myself in the position that I was working with the Canadian Common Ground Alliance. And I was, I had, we had hired a, a lawyer for uh, submitting an application to the CRTC, which is the Canadian Radio and Television 
Canadian Radio Television Communications Commission and uh, an arm of the government. And uh, they administer uh, the N11 numbers, among various other things. Sure. In, in that process, we found out that 811 had already been uh, assigned in Canada to telehealth back in about 2005 or six. And actually, it was Alberta Health Services that made the submission to the CRTC and successfully secured 811 across Canada for telehealth, except nobody was using it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so here we found ourselves, well, you know, maybe we can, we can get it from them. And uh, anyway, long story short, uh, the application was submitted to the CRTC and through negotiations and discussions with telehealth um, across the country, um, we decided, well, the only way we might get success is if we have an application to the CRTC that says, you know, we, we want to have uh, co-use of 811. Person would dial 811, press 1 for telehealth and press 2 for a locate. It was the sure. only way we could get any, you know, potential agreement. Um, about eight months later, I think it was, the CRTC replied to our request and said, uh, no, you can't have it. And that was the end of it. Now, in the midst of all that, I had prepared a, you know, and we actually, interesting point, we had to raise $100,000 for this lawyer because the cost was going to be about that much that was mm. estimated. So in the midst of all this, um, I had to think of a plan B. And, you know, every one call center has a, a, a online or web option. Right. So free people can go online and submit their locate request. And I said, well, every, every one call center has their own URL. Why don't we just have one window portal and everybody can, can uh, promote that. So I, for I think $12 and 99 cents <laughs> as opposed to hundred grand, <laughs> I got on the GoDaddy and I registered quickbeforeyouthink.com. And so when the decision came out from the CRTC, that was going to be plan B. And uh, I was delivering a presentation shortly after that decision came out to the Canadian Energy Pipeline Association. And uh, one of the, I showed them, you know, here's where the decision is with CRTC. However, here's plan B. And I had done a mock-up of a, of a website for clickbeforeyoudig.com. And I showed them, you click on the province where you're digging. And lo and behold, you're into the locate request software for that province. And I remember a vice president of operations from TC Energy who was in the room. And this is a very powerful organization, the Canadian Energy Pipeline Association. And he said to me, Mike, um, why didn't you do that first? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I remember just you know, taking a deep breath and thinking, you know, don't answer what you want to answer. Because what I wanted to say was, because all of you wanted 811. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I, I said, well, um, you know, it, it didn't really jump out at first, but this is how we should go. And at the time, I had just been hired by Alberta One Call. I had been hired to really move things forward, to, to initiate change at Alberta One Call. That was one of the things the board wanted me to do. And once, you know, we, I got settled, um, I got to know who's who in the zoo at Alberta One Call, and they got to know me. Um, we really began to move forward with the online locate request uh, element of, of operations. At the time, it was really f- 
focused on the convenience for the person requesting to locate, not so much the, the data and, and the, the best practice behind it, but we've evolved considerably, mm -hmm. um, not just from how we do it, but why we do it. You know, the how, we've switched softwares since those early days. Uh, the initial software we used to have, a uh, person would request to locate, and our agents had to manipulate that locate request and then have it submitted. So there was quite a lot of work the agents had to do right. for online locate requests. And, uh, and then a number of years ago, um, we switched to Pelican Corp's one call access software. Uh, and even that we did a little bit differently, uh, as you might be aware, you know, it's a, it's a lot to take that on. And, it certainly uh, is. We decided, because we were providing services to more than just Alberta, we were providing services to Manitoba and the province of Manitoba and the province of British Columbia at the time, we felt it would be beneficial if we could align business rules across the Western Canada, including Saskatchewan, and even though we weren't providing services for them at the time. And the reason was, if we aligned our business rules, then maybe we could release an RFP for a one system, one approach software for all of Western Canada, rather than just one province. Right. And share the, share the cost. And uh, so that's what we did. And, you know, my, my colleague, Cher Kirk, uh, I will be forever grateful for the, uh, the lion's share. And I mean, the lion's share of work <laughs> she did to make that happen. And, uh, you know, she, she did a fantastic job. She worked with all the, the provinces and the stakeholders to align those business rules. Because in my view, you know, okay, how different can it be? A person submits a locate request, notification center processes, processes that, and we notify it. How different can it be? But it, it was, you know, just yeah. little rules and, and things happening across different provinces. So right. it, took, it took a while. And once that was done, we aligned business rules and we released an RFP. And uh, short, you know, long story short, we selected Pelican Corp. And once that happened, a locate request process uh, was seamless. The person puts in their locate request and our members are automatically notified. There's no middleman anymore <clears throat> from a cost perspective, efficiency perspective. Uh, we just got better and better and better. And so, yes, convenient for the user. Oh, there's a learning curve. Everybody has to relearn software they're familiar with. Um, but you know, that doesn't take that long. And, uh, and now we realized a couple of years ago, you know, I had a hunch that locate requests on the web were likely better than a locate request by phone in terms of damages. Sure. And uh, after some number crunching, that's exactly what we, we confirmed that a locate request by phone, if there was a damage, and uh, the, the request was made by phone in relation to that damage, it was twice as like it was twice as high as those submitted by the web. And that's because nobody knows better where they're digging than the person digging. And right. when they go online, they they get to map it precisely. So that's probably why it's uh, it's proven to be a, a best practice. And I'm you know a little frustrated that uh, whether the CGA or Canadian Common Ground Alliance has yet to adopt online or click before you dig is the best practice because of that well it's it's just i mean I, I think it's wonderful that you guys were out ahead of it you, you turned something that could have been you know and i'm sure it still was a disappointment with the failure to 
you get 811 nationwide. But the reality is, I think for all of us, the industry is moving in the the industry, heck, the whole world is moving to, you know, having our entire lives take place um, across the internet. So to have a click before you dig message in a, in a unified system, um, I, I think in many ways, it's probably even more beneficial than promoting maybe a, a hotline number um, or a telephone number. And it sounds like, you know, you guys have, have really kind of got the process down there. And I, I think that's fascinating. Yeah, I, I, I think it is, you know, uh, Paradigm shifts are always hard. And uh, when we've been doing something one way for the better part of four decades, and the digging community is and the the members are familiar with one way. I mean, Alberta One Call was embedded into the damage prevention vernacular in Alberta for so long. And and I get it. And then we come along and say, well, we want you to click before you dig now, but what's your Alberta One Call? Yeah, but <laughs> this, <you> know, <laughs> I want you to click before you dig. And, you know, when we determined that locate requests on the web were reducing damages, we went to, I went to the board and I said, uh, here's the proof. We need to mandate uh, online locate requests for members and contractors. If we are serious about damage prevention, and that's why we're here, then we need to do this. And they agreed, you know, the board was, uh, they got it. And it's, you can't ignore data. And yes. um, so we did a soft launch uh, a couple of years ago in September, and then come January 1st was a hard launch. And uh, now uh, member and contractor locate requests are about 98.5% on the web. And the only reason they're not 100% is because of Did I lose you? Yeah, it looks just like we had a brief technical difficulty there. We kind of just dropped okay. it for a second, but we're back. Okay. But I think you were saying that like the 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 last little percentage um, when it comes to the actual call-ins is is more emergency related. That's right. Yeah. So we'll we'll never hit a hundred percent because emergencies have to be called in. Um, I say that for now because uh, there's no reason that I can understand, I can foresee why an emergency could not be made on the web. Um, it may not be the easiest thing to do for a person in the field, and uh, I would never uh, impose that on anybody. But the option should be there. Sure, absolutely. Um, so, as you mentioned, uh, Mike, the the former name, I guess, of your organization, um, something, I guess, a little more traditional, that being Alberta One Call. But now, yeah. as utility safety partners, you've been able to incorporate, you know, so much more, uh, I guess, into the operation. I kind of want to just let you have the floor here and, and share how you've been able to kind of bring those stakeholder groups together and, and really, you know, just Tell the listeners the, the story of what Utility Safety Partners has become. Sure. Well, as Alberta One Call, our, um, our work consisted of promoting the locate request process, promoting the damage prevention process, and asking people to request a locate before excavation project. And then once we notify the member, really our role in that whole damage prevention process ended. 
Um, so if we wanted to change best practices, we could be a, a member at the table, but we weren't driving that. Mm-hmm. And that's where the Alberta Common Ground Alliance came in. And the Alberta Common Ground Alliance had been a regional partner of the CGA in Alberta for quite some time. It began as a, a locate coordination council, uh, probably 25, 30 years ago, evolved to the Alberta Damage Prevention Council, and then once, you know, then slowly became the Alberta Common Ground Alliance. Um, its, its objective and its purview went beyond that of Alberta One Call. It could create best practices. It could um, work, work on training, do a lot more than just, you know, its, its purview was well beyond ending at the notification process. Mm-hmm. And we were a member. Alberta One Call was a member. And many of the Alberta One Call board members were also board members of the Alberta Common Ground Alliance. Yeah. At the time, going back to pre-2015, there was enough people, there, were enough, uh, there was enough capital to have transmission pipeline companies, electrical distribution companies, gas distribution, telecom. There was enough capital and resources to have engagement, meaningful engagement uh, by representatives of all those companies at the Alberta Common Ground Alliance table and working on best practices uh, and volunteering their time. And, uh, you know, it, it, they got a lot of work done. And legislation was a big part of it, <clears throat> working on legislation. We don't have uh, comprehensive uh, A to Z legislation in Alberta. Uh, we do have legislation that requires transmission pipeline companies to register their assets with us, mm. but that's it. Um, so then the good times kind of, they ended <laughs> 2015. Yeah, the energy prices crashed. Uh, we have some political issues here federally that were not really conducive to the oil and gas and transmission pipeline sector in Alberta. And, um, you know, the, the capital dried up. Um, there was a lot of attrition. There was a lot of um, retirements and uh, that where people weren't replaced. And all of a sudden, you had people who were part of these committees and chairing committees, part of the Alberta Common Ground Alliance. They could no, they were stretched thin. They could no longer attend meetings. Uh, the engagement dried up. Yeah. And membership dried up. Uh, it no longer had the financial capital to operate as, as it had. And uh, the boards of directors, which were very similar for both Alberta One Call, Alberta CGA, they uh, they worked on a uh, an item that went to both boards of directors to say, look, we need to unify, because the work that the ABCGA was doing was was very good, but it no longer had the the capability of long term uh, continuing. Yeah. So that both boards of directors agreed to unify, and uh, that Alberta One Call and the Alberta Common Ground Alliance would become one. And uh, somewhat at the last minute, the Where's the Line campaign, which is, was a very successful and remains successful um, overhead power line safety awareness and education campaign in Alberta, <clears throat> it, uh, it was also brought into that unification. Um, and even though it was last minute, it, it all made sense. And, uh, but it, it sort of changed gears in terms of what we were going to be, what we we're going to be called. And there was a bit of a delay until we came out with a new name, Utility Safety Partners. And 
we had to be more than one call. We had to be more <laughs> than notification center. We had to be more than click before you dig. Um, you know, click before you dig is one of our primary calls to action. Right. And, and until something different comes along, <clears throat> that it'll be that'll be the case. Um, so the name Utility Safety Partners is, in my view, secondary to our call to mm. action of before you dig and where's the line. And sure. uh, but I I do get a lot of of uh, comments or compliments I should say on the new brand. Um, you know, we have that life box within the Utility Safety Partners brand. And that's really why we're here to help preserve each other's lives and that we have enriched lives going forward. And, and that brand really spoke to us. And I think it's something that it's a brand that we can all get behind and quickly understand and support. So I'm really proud of, of what we've been able to accomplish um, and and how we're moving forward. I I, I think. Like, I think that's amazing. And, and maybe it may have been born out of necessity, but I think the result you know, is a really progressive approach, you know, to, to safety and uh, utility uh, protection. Now, you know, a few years in here, um, I don't know, maybe you have good data, maybe it's, you know, too early to tell, but in a sense, kind of all kind of gathering um, kind of under the same roof do you have any, you know, data out there that, you know, this new kind of endeavor um, has had, you know, a real impact in the, uh, you know, in the industry? Maybe, you know, we've you've seen, um, you know, greater membership increases towards the notification center or um, lower percentage in damage or, or increased ticket volume. Have you been able to see anything like that? Well, I'll tell you, when you change the name of something that's been around for 40 years, uh, you have a couple of sleepless nights, like a lot. And, <laughs> you know, when we were getting ready to make that change, ah, uh, man, I, I, I was scared. I really was. Um, I knew it was the right thing to do, but change is hard. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, were we going to successfully turn that corner? And like you said, we'll will damages down will they increase will locate requests increase will they go down and in in concert with all this big change was COVID 19 and you know so we had that to deal with and interestingly enough uh, even though i think everybody experienced a bit of a a lull or march and april of 2020 in terms of locate requests while everybody caught their breath and tried to figure out what was going to happen right that year ended up being the busiest year in Alberta One Call Utility Safety Partners history. And we we did it all from home, which was another <laughs> interesting feat. But it was also um it, it was exhibiting because we were changing our name. We had changed our name and uh we we were launching from Alberta One called the Utility Safety Partners at the tail end of that time uh, of 2020. And uh, I think it helped us in a way secure the brand, secure that change. And we haven't seen a, a, a reduction in locate requests. Um, we, our members are saying they, they are experiencing less damages because of the online locate request process. They're experiencing less claims because uh, if a claim goes to uh, through the, the judicial process, at some point uh, the excavator is asked, 
did you do this relocate request online? And if they say yes, they say, well, you indicated you were digging here, and yet the damage occurred, you know, 30 meters or 30 yards outside of where you were, you said you were digging. They didn't right. locate there. And so then they, they throw it out, right? So there's been a lot of benefit to the change. And uh, the, the concerns, the fears that I had, my colleagues had, I'm sure my board members had <laughs> about a change like this, they never came to be. And uh, you know, we've had a lot of good success. Like I said, compliments from within Alberta, Canada, and, and within uh, even from our friends in the U.S. saying, Wow, I think you, I think you hit a home run there, and I and I was saying, well, I'm glad because I really want to hit a grand slam, but I'll take a home run. Sure, absolutely, no, I, I, that's terrific um, to hear. I do have a question that uh, kind of more let's get nuts and boltsy, I guess, and talk about the process itself, kind of the the notification process, the locating process. Um, now, the one thing you did mention, which I think is, is fascinating, is you mentioned that. Um, the use of the online system is kind of mandatory for your members and, and contractors, which I think yeah. is incredible and something that I, many of us down here would wish we could have. But right. let's just say, all right, for example, let's just say uh, Eric Urbane wins some crazy lottery jackpot and I buy myself a summer place up there in gorgeous Banff and uh, yeah. I'm going to do something. I'm going to have a new driveway put in. So. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to click before I dig. Kind of walk us through what happens in Alberta. So once I reach out and I, I, I get my notification placed, what should I expect? Well, it's probably very similar to just but everywhere else. But a person puts in their locate request online. And immediately, the system will recognize what utilities are in the vicinity of that locate request. And those members with assets that either intersect or they're close by, they will be notified that Eric Urbane is digging on this date and that they need to get out there or they need to respond. And the response might be, we've triaged your locate request and you're good to go. Our assets are not in vicinity of, or not in danger of being damaged by your, your project. Or they might say, uh, we're gonna come out and do a locate and, uh, and that's exactly what will happen. Now, if it's distribution assets, so that could be distribution gas, telecom, uh, cable, that type thing, or electric, electrical, um, those, what I call, and I'm making air quotes here, shallow utilities, <laughs> yeah. those utilities, yeah, those utilities have long held a consortium in Alberta, in different parts of the, the province, where they'll have one locate contractor go out and locate for all of those distribution assets. Mm -hmm. So that's what will happen. Um, You'll have a contractor come out, and these are contractors that are that hold that contract in different parts of uh, the province. And he'll or he or she will locate those assets on behalf of distribution, gas, telecom, etc. And they'll put the locate slip in your mailbox, or they'll talk to you, and uh, you're good to go. They'll have located and marked those assets, and and you're good to go. So um, one thing you know we have here in Michigan and I know a lot of states across the country down here have it too is something we call positive response um yes. it, obviously it's a tool that allows the the ticket placer or the digging party to then you know kind of 
check the status, the locate status um, online. Does anything um, exist like that up there? Is it kind of more um, that the that the actual locate technician would ha actually have a conversation or leave something behind at the site? I wish you could see me because I'm kind of snickering. Um, um, you know, we've had the request in within our RFP that we launched about five years ago or four years ago. We've had the request, we had the request for positive response in that RFP. And the successful candidate uh, was supposed to include positive response with the software when it rolled out. Mm. We're still waiting. And uh, I'm snickering here because I've, I've had conversations with Pelican Corp, uh, the most recent being two weeks ago. And we know that uh, that, you know, the positive response element of the software that you just had rolled out was a big, big ticket item. And uh, now that you have it, <laughs> we can expect it. We can expect it. Um, you know, I think the I think Public and Corp may have been stretched from a resource perspective, and uh, but you know, at the same time, yeah, a little bit frustrated that we didn't get it when we wanted it. But at the same time, the Western Canada is so content and so happy with the Pelican Corp software and the the collaborative relationship we have with Pelican Corp that uh, I think we were able to, okay, you know what, this is going to be good in the end, but we're, we're really going to be glad when we get there. So we, we don't have a pause yet, but because of the work that uh, Michigan or Miss Dig has done with Pelican Corp, we're finally going to get it. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I think as um, their customers and, and their clients, um, there one may have a need which kind of forces the developer to to create something that they can then roll out to others. And yeah. um, you know, we certainly have a few big ticket items on our wish list that are that are in development um, um, from Pelican. But yeah, ab absolutely, I I, I certainly. I, I think um, there'd be a lot of benefit to, to have something like that up there. Yep. Um, oh, for sure. We, we've wanted it. We recognize the benefit for years now, and we've wanted it for quite some time. And we're, we're going to get it soon. So uh, the, the wait is almost over. We're, we're <laughs> finally going to have that baby. No, that's great. And of course, I mean, you know, anyone that's listened to this show knows, you know, we're, we're a, just shy of a year into this rollout of of the Pelican system uh, here in Michigan, and in many ways, I think it's a great step forward. And in the long run, this will be wonderful for damage prevention in Michigan. That does not that does not mean that this year has not been a challenge in in getting some things rolled out and some functionalities, and it's kind of all consuming. Um, around here and that's really the single biggest thing you know miss dig 811 related that we continue to work on um you know i know we had had a, a a conversation um you know before we uh we started recording here about some of the legislative work that you're looking to do up there but we're we're neck deep in pelican but what's next for utility safety partners 
Well, legislation is, is something that we really want to have, that comprehensive legislation. When I say that, I mean uh, every buried utility owner must register with utility safety partners. Every person who's going to be digging must request to locate. And upon notification, every member who's notified must respond. I mean, that's the very simple, very <laughs> simple way of looking at it. There's far more to it than that, as you know. Of course. Um, but but that's something we really want here. Um, though the one province that does have legislation, uh, Ontario, their damage ratio relative to notifications is is low, much lower than Alberta's. Um, and I, I I want to achieve that. It needs to be achieved, uh, and uh, it's it's one of the reasons that I was hired 11 years ago, and we're still not there. It takes a long time. <clears throat> We haven't been, you know, sitting idle. We've been work, doing a lot of work on this over the years, but it, the timing has to be right. And uh, you hope that the request for this kind of legislation isn't used as a political wedge, but it can be. So there's a lot of um, a lot of uh, discussing and promoting awareness of legislation, answering questions for those who don't understand what this means. Is this going to cost me money? Is it going to be, what's, what change is this going to bring? What's the benefit? And so you have to answer all these questions over and over and over again. And uh, the simplicity of the request can sometimes get lost in the minutia of that discussion. And it's my job, along with many of my colleagues and my board members, keep my eye on the prize, you know, that's to keep the message as simple as possible because really it is quite simple mm -hmm. um we have the process we have the technology we're doing all of that that we should be we've done everything we can to reduce damages and now it's time to get it legislated uh it just makes sense and uh it's really hard to deny facts and you know it's, it's something you know what that you've gone through now with legislation, you've, you've had that benefit for so long. And, and I know, because um, everybody says the same thing, the day after legislation is, is, uh, is enacted, oh, I should have done this differently. <laughs> and, and that's the fear, right? I mean, yep. that once you have legislation, it's like, oh no, I forgot this, or we didn't do that, or we had to give something up to put something else in. And let's face it, the language that we provide to government when we say this is what we think the legislation needs to look like there's no guarantees that's what's coming back absolutely and so when it does come back that's what you have to live with and uh, that's a big fear that is a big fear and we are working with very closely with some very powerful stakeholders that are also heavy users of our system they agree that it has to work. They agree there has to be legislation. But they also say, you know, we have to iron out a couple of areas where there have been longstanding issues. Mm -hmm. And I'm committed to that. I'm committed to a transparent process. I'm committed to working with all stakeholders to get it right. And uh, if we do that, and we can show we've done that through a transparent process, then I think we have a really good shot.
No, I, I truly wish you, you know, all the luck. And I, I'm sure it will happen. Um, something like that, I think, is so necessary in the industry. I've, I've been around long enough. And something I've said many times is, you know, a, a lot of people have best intentions, but there are just going to be some out there that aren't going to participate until they're forced to through some type of legislative mandate. And and it's hard to get everyone on board uh, voluntarily. And you're absolutely right, Mike. It's a process. Uh, We have had state legislation since the really early days of of Miss Dig. And even with that precedent already being in place, it took just about 10 years when you know, from the date we started looking and updating uh, the state law to actually getting it passed. And I think really the the success or the effectiveness of uh, of any new legislation is if it can make all the stakeholders equally unhappy in one way, shape or form, then I think it's doing its job. Yeah. <laughs> Funny you say that, you know, I've heard that before. If everybody leaves a table uh, just a little bit unhappy, then you've probably done it right. <laughs> That's right. Um, I, what you guys are doing up there, I, I find it, it fascinating. Um, kind of bef- as we kind of wind down um, our talk, you know, any any final words, any anything uh, of interest that you were doing up there, you think the the listeners could could benefit um, from knowing about that? I haven't had a chance to to ask you so far. Um, you know, I think the the biggest shift in our in our industry has been technology it's going to be technology um legislation is the the cherry on top but um the the technology that we have today to make the locate request process simpler uh is right at our fingertips and we need to to do that and i think you know we we're well on our way here in western canada uh, and other parts of the country as well. I mean, it's not just Alberta, it's not just Western Canada. The entire country has done a phenomenal job uh, on shifting calls to clicks. Uh, the CCGA's damage prevention uh, dirt report just came out. I think it's going to be posted later today or next week on the website. And the average, I believe, um, for online locate requests across the country is something like 77% or something mm. like that. And that tells me a lot, you know, it, it really does. I mean, <clears throat> that people have shifted. I mean, if you can order a pizza or, 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 or plane tickets or a hotel online, then why can't you do this online? Right. You can do it 24, seven, 365. And uh, we need to make it simple. We need, we need to make sure that it works. Not everybody wants to do it that way. And that's fine. And we have to serve their needs as well by phone. And that's totally fine. But, you know, I got our data just, yesterday for um <coughs> excuse me for october and 87.3 percent of all locate requests last month were online and right. uh you know that's that's huge i mean uh it really is it's a better process it's a it reduces damages and that's where i believe the biggest change is is we cannot go through this with blinders on and uh, and keep um, promoting call before you dig when we know click before you dig is the best practice. 
Um, if the CCGA and the Common Ground Alliance, if their primary objective is to reduce damages, then there's, I can't understand why we're still promoting call before you dig. It makes no sense. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more. It's something that's kind of ingrained, you know, and in, in many regards, we still say call in our quote unquote call to action, um, yep. you know, internally. Um, but we've but you have to offer had, it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to offer it, and, and I think here we've we've had surveys go out to the the public and, and stakeholders where um, they have basically come back and say, "Yes, we understand that when you say call, you're not literally meaning you know, a, a phone call. We understand yeah. that you're looking for a contact, but in terms of promoting uh, click before you dig as an action item, I I'm completely on board." you know, and support that. Uh, there's so many of us now, life has evolved, right? Especially maybe yeah. younger folks that no one even wants to have a telephone conversation anymore. <laughs> if the phone rings, we're not answering it. We're going to yeah. ask someone to text us back. So, um, you know, That's calling right. is, is kind of a way of the past. It is. And, uh, you know, it, it, it chews up a lot of resources. Um, you know, phone lines, obviously, and the system costs and, and but labor costs. Um, and it, when we know that a locate request by phone, the integrity of that locate request is less so than an, a locate request over the web, then, okay, I understand we have to keep providing it, and we will. I'm not saying we won't, but we need to drive people to the better practice and the better practice is quick before you dig. It's as plain as a nose on my face. Nope. Uh, you, I'm, I'm with you 100%. Mike. Um, listen, this is, this has been a, a great conversation. I, I've, I've learned a lot. I, I certainly imagine our, our listeners out there um, have too. And again, I really appreciate you taking the time you know, to join me today and uh, moving forward, I wish you guys nothing but the best up there. My pleasure, Eric. I, I, uh, you know, we're, we're a big, huge community. Um, you know, I've been very lucky with my position and my, the people I work with, um, you know, we've broken down some barriers and introduced, you know, shifted paradigms. Um, and my board of directors that have, has given me the, the latitude to do so. Um, Safety has no borders. It's absolutely borderless. Whether those are provincial or national borders, we can all learn from each other and we can always improve. And uh, I've been really lucky to be at, in the position that I am to influence change, And uh, but I didn't do it on my own. There is a massive team of people, not just with utility safety partners, but across the province and Western Canada, particularly, but even, you know, well into the, the United States where I have a lot of friends and colleagues and family and, uh, and you know, not just, you know, I, I call family that are my, my friends and colleagues, but actual family <laughs> from the U.S. <laughs> sure. So I, uh, I, I, it's a big community. We all move together and we're all after the same thing. And that's ensuring public worker and community safety. No, absolutely, and hopefully, I look forward to to seeing you at the next uh, the next industry expo we have coming up before too long. Well, I hope to get there too, and I'll be glad to see you. And I'd love to come to Michigan someday and just uh, have an in person chat with everybody. 
The invitation is always open for sure. Awesome. Thank you. And vice versa. If awesome. you win that lottery and you come to Banff, you got to let me know. Cause I want to come and just, I don't know, sit and look outside the window. I, I need to get there. I mean, what a, what a gorgeous looking place. I've, I've never been that way. And it's, it's kind of on the bucket list. I'm, I'm married to a Canadian, so Are you we'll really? have to make, yep. Yeah, we'll have to make our way out there sooner rather than later. Well, we're hosting our 40th anniversary in February 2024 at the Banff Springs Hotel. So there's your chance. Okay. I'm writing that down as we speak right here. Right on. All right. Thanks again, Mike. Uh, well, right. folks, that's been, that has been Mike Sullivan um, uh, joining me. And again, I appreciate uh, the time. Uh, and if, if you out there want to know more about Utility Safety Partners and, and how they do things, please check them out at utilitysafety.ca. Um, and as we draw this episode to a close, I, of course, encourage you all to visit MissDig811.org uh, for all your Michigan-based damage prevention needs. Uh, I'll be back before you know it with another episode, and I look forward to seeing you all then. But until that day, though, uh, this is Eric Urbane signing off, reminding you all to be smart, be safe. Call MissDig811 before you dig. <laughs> <laughs>